Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Well, hello! Happy New Year to everyone. I'm Matt Williamson. Hopefully you're new to the show and, are, and because everyone's spreading the word so much about the Locked On Network, the Locked On NFL Podcast, all those good things, please belly up to the bar here. Grab a seat next to me. Let's chat a little football. Um, obviously, tons, tons, tons going on around the NFL. Uh, this is how we are going to handle at least the first three days of the week. Today... I'm going today. It's it's almost noon here in Pittsburgh. Um, there's more coaching news that's going to go down. A lot's already happened. I'm not ignoring that, but that's going to be tomorrow's show um, because I'm expecting there'll be more on this Black Monday. You know, and by the time you listen to this, and by the time we record tomorrow, I'm expecting to have more information on rumors, who's out, all those things. So tomorrow. It's crazy coaching show, and we'll talk about who's out, you know, what they might be looking for, um, was it the right move, all those type of things. Today, we're going to treat like a normal Monday, even though it was not a normal week of games. And I'm going to talk about four games, mostly with playoff relevance, that I watched more intently than the others, um, and then that will lead us into... You know the stand. You know how how things line up for this upcoming weekend, Wild Card Weekend should be a good one. And then on Wednesday, I've been pumping this show for a while, and I think it's something you guys will like. Because usually we do power ranks on Wednesday, but instead we're going to do playoff power ranks this Wednesday, and I'm going to rank all the offenses from one to twelve, all the defenses from one to twelve, all the special teams from one to twelve. All the defensive lines from 1 to 12, all the secondaries from 1 to 12, offensive lines, tight ends. So it'll be a big show of, and maybe we'll even just like add up all the points too, see who happens to come up on top. Not that that makes them the favorite or anything, but that was an exercise I used to do when I was at ESPN almost every year. And it was highly popular, so I think you guys will get a kick out of it too. Probably dig into that tonight. Um, Speaking of night games, actually we weren't speaking of night games, but I did say the word night. Uh, the Lions-Packers, um, so uh, you probably saw this. Green Bay won this game, which means that the Giants are going to Green Bay for a 440 kickoff on Sunday. The Lions are going to Seattle on Saturday night, which doesn't sound like a lot of fun, even though Seattle hasn't played great. But boy, that's a, that's a rough gig if you're the Lions from possibly hosting a game for the first time in forever in your dome as opposed to going to Seattle. Yuck. Meanwhile, Green Bay hosts the Giants, and we're not going to break these games down now, but, you know, much rather play at home if you're them, of course. Going to be cold, as usual. A couple things went down here, you know, that Packers defense is still far from fixed, in my opinion, and they were harping on it early in the game how offenses throwing to their right are just pe- posting ginormous numbers. And then 
Randall, you know, the first round pick from a year or two ago, he's been victimized a lot this year. He's one of the reasons for those numbers being bad. But he's been in and out of the lineup. He's been playing hurt. He got injured in the first half. And then they had three cornerback injuries tonight. I mean, the Rollins injury was really scary. He went off on a on a board in a, to, to a local hospital in an ambulance. That was frightening. Um, but the defense still played pretty well. Um, all in all, I, I thought they played pretty well. And I didn't think Stafford was bad. Um, two very fast-paced offenses. I thought Stafford's finger was less of a problem than it's been since it was broken. I would say it's definitely the best he's thrown the football since the injury. Um, you know, which is important, obviously. I mean, so going forward, I think he'll throw the ball well. Um but their their offense kind of dried up too. I mean, they had they had only 125 yards of offense in the second half after going for 248 in the first half. Um, so that's a worry. You know, there was a lot of Zach Zenner in this game. That's two years in a, or two games in a row. So I do think that they're recognizing that this is something I've been talking to you guys a lot about is they need a big back, especially come playoff time. Their running game's non-existent. Theo Riddick's out of the equation. There's no Abdullah there. And Zenner's okay. I mean, highly, highly productive college runner against very poor competition. A lot of early carries in this game. Um, he's, I don't know if I'm not saying he's good enough, but I'm, intri- I'm intrigued with him to say to the point that Maybe they don't need to go get a huge, a big back this offseason. I tend to think that they should, anyways. Um, but maybe he can, you know, do enough in Seattle on the ground. They tend to get away from their running game, though. It just seems like something that they do all the time. Um, Stafford is the quickest passer to three thirty thousand yards in NFL history, and also has the most attempts per game in NFL history for starting quarterbacks, which is pretty crazy. Um, so you can see why he gets there. Plus, he's highly talented, and he came to the league as an immediate starter, first overall pick, and Calvin Johnson's sure didn't hurt. But let's talk more about the other side of the ball. Rodgers was phenomenal again. He's been remarkable. He would be my vote for MVP. Um, although, I mean, Matt Ryan is a very strong case, and I would say he's the one with the fewest negatives. I think Brady's also in the conversation for sure, too. Uh, well, one other guy I wanted to mention just on the on the defense for Green Bay is Dante Jones, uh, the uh, first-round pick from three years ago. He's been really playing well, too. He's somebody to keep an eye on, uh, and, and so just somebody just to notice. But back to Rodgers, he was phenomenal. Seven games in a row now without an interception. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. It's not like he's not throwing either. It's not like they're conservative. I say this all the time, but when you look at Rodgers versus the the other great NFL quarterbacks in the history of the world, his this doesn't mean he's the best, but if I'm making the case for him, if I put together his hundred, if I put together a highlight reel of every great quarterback that's Hall of Fame material and showed you their fifty or a hundred worst throws. I bet Rogers tape would be the best of those. I mean, be, or be right, right at the, right amongst the best, you know, where Favre's would be brutal. He, you know, a lot of bad picks or, you know, Rogers doesn't turn the ball over. If you also put a highlight tape together of every one of these quarterbacks, best throws, you know, like Marino's would be great. Favre's would be great. Rogers might be the best. I mean, he might have the best low light 
and best highlight tape of all time. It's just one way of looking at it. Anyways, he's playing at an unbelievable level. The Packers did not turn the ball over in this game. Uh, they kept talking about how Cook being healthy is a huge difference maker for this team. I think that is true. You know, you'll see more three-by-one sets with him on one side. They've been looking for Jermichael Finley since Finley retired, got injured, whatever, and I think they found him in Cook. He's a free agent after this year. It'll be interesting to see what he demands. I mean, he's still a hard guy to pay. Um, two really good athletic enigmatic tight ends in this game. I like Ebron, too. He can't block, block his way out of a paper bag, but he's a, become a very good receiver as well. Um, didn't see a lot of Montgomery in the first half, and then he was hurt in the second half, quickly returned. Did, it was a little more effective in the second half, but overall wasn't the difference maker in this game. Uh, Slay seemed to be getting the better of Nelson. It looked like in a shadow situation uh, until the end. Then Jordy started to play really well. Uh, again, both these offenses played fast. Uh, what else do I got here on this one? Oh, Geronimo Allison dude's interesting too. I mean, Randall Cobb, I, I don't know that he's going to stroll right back into the into the lineup because the way he's played, he's been a liability. Allison's a much different type of player. He's a taller, leaner guy that, you know, at Illinois he was, I mean, he's very talented and nobody could give him the ball. I mean, so he was in a bad situation in college. And he's found himself in a great situation. So uh, he's somebody to watch, too, kind of like I mentioned Dante Jones. Some of these guys that aren't big-name dudes. Uh, one concern, Balaga got banged up in this one. He's been playing really, really well. Their pair of tackles is really strong. And then Spriggs got banged up late in this game, too. So there's something to monitor this week. Let's keep an eye out on Packers O-line injuries. Uh, the Packer really strong right now. So here's another stat that I dug up that... Since the NFL realigned divisions, you know, that was in 2002, there's been 15 NFC North titles given out. Green Bay's won nine of them. Nine out of 15. Pretty damn impressive. All right. I am sorry to do it to you, but I am going to talk Browns. Steelers, I told you, I always have to watch Steelers games with, with a little more attention than the rest of the league. So you get every Monday, you get the Steelers. But they're going to be in the playoffs at least, so it has some implications. And it was actually a pretty entertaining game. I mean, the Steelers sat everybody. I mean, they treated this like a bye week. I said leading up to this that I thought this was a really good opportunity for Pittsburgh to not only rest the Bens and Bells and Browns of the world, but also get the bottom of their roster, their young guys, a lot of valuable snaps. And it seemed like that's what they did. Uh, the Browns played hard. The Browns were the better team for much of this game, especially early on. But boy, did they screw things up repeatedly. I mean, the, the one that was really noticeable was a late fumble by Crowell that would have iced the game. I mean, I'm not saying they were playing to get the number one pick, but boy, I mean, they they left so many points on the field. They, they could have beat the Pittsburgh pretty handily. This one went to overtime. The Steelers won in the end. Uh, the Browns do end up with the first overall pick. It's good for them. We'll talk about that scenario many, many more times going forward. Steelers sat everyone they could. Um, I would have played Bettenberger more in this game. But anyways, Landry Jones was a starter. Played the entire game. Started really slow. Really rough. And I'm not a big fan. He's a free agent after the year. It'll be interesting how that gets treated. If he gets much attention around the league, I, I tend to think he won't. 
Um, Steelers had 52 yards in the first half, and, and I thought the Browns' defense, Shelton's a really good player, um, a couple younger dudes, they were really active. I thought their defense was really buzzing early in the game. But as often happens with the Browns, and we've seen this a lot from them this year, just as the game wears on, the talent level starts to, you know, rear its ugly head that they just don't have a good enough players. And I often equate it to a basketball game where one of these top 20 programs, Kentucky or North Carolina, or not that I know much about basketball, but one of these teams is loaded with talent, plays somebody that's playing their hearts out, and the first half it's close, and then after a while they just keep bringing dudes off the bench, and, you know, the little team gets blown out in the end and just is overwhelmed. And I feel like that's happened to the Browns time and time again this year. Um, I didn't think RG3 was very impressive. I would say he's basically been a failed experiment, but it made sense at the time. We've talked about that. They, they took a you know a, a shot in the dark, threw something at the fans, see if it would stick. Didn't have a lot invested. Uh, maybe he's back next year. Who knows? I mean, I don't think that's that would be a terrible idea. I mean, I wouldn't count on him as a starter, that's for sure, but bringing him back might not be the worst idea. Um, he did do well with his short passing game in this in this game. So, okay. Um, the Browns' offensive line has been a big problem, and protection has been a big problem this year. Um, it was better in this game, I thought. You know, there was some pressure for sure, but I thought their young offensive tackle, Sean Coleman, he's a rookie this year. He's been the right tackle pretty much for the majority of the year. Uh, hopefully, he's a bright spot, a foundation player. He can be the right tackle there for the foreseeable future. This game, in, you know, eluded that he could. Um, so the the line did a little, did some some things well. I'm I'm curious if Joe Thomas is in for the long haul or not. Who knows? Uh, just a little quick recap here, though. We we saw a lot of D'Angelo Williams. First time he's touched the ball in a long time. Uh, he he had some decent runs. He had some runs where he could barely get out of his own end zone, but got out on heart and guts and toughness. Um, so it's good to get him a little some touches as the Steelers will be hosting Miami on Sunday at one o'clock. So that is their next up, uh, basically a bye week for a lot of the Steelers going into that game. Miami lost to New England. Um, I guess we'll just move on here. Denver beat the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders, I think, are in trouble. Uh, my man Mike Sando over at ESPN. I just I, I haven't read it yet, but I just saw it. Released his power ranks for the top twelve teams in the playoffs and he had the Raiders last as the, the worst team in the playoffs, you know, you know, they're now a five seed. They go to Houston and they're going to open the weekend. They're going to be the early game on Saturday. I got to think the Texans are favored in that, which blows me away. I mean, if you would have said a month ago or a week ago or two months or three months ago that whoever wins the AFC South would be favored in their first playoff game. Wow. But I think they should be. I don't know what the line is, but I think they should be. Uh, the Raiders were dominated in this game, uh, especially when it mattered most early on. Um, McGloin then injured his shoulder. He was really struggling before the injury. He missed Cooper on a long touchdown that it should have been you know, a throw he has to make. Um, Connor Cook comes in, and Cook's got ability. I mean, Cook is more gifted of a thrower than McGloin. Cook fell on draft day because of some character rubbing the wrong people wrong concerns. Um, wasn't the most popular guy from what I understand. But anyways, he came in. I thought he looked really good. He was hot, throwing really well. 
made throws in this game. But Oakland was down on the scoreboard, and it was kind of garbage time. Um, he, I saw some advanced statistics today. He handled the blitz way better than McGloin did, so uh, something to keep note of. And Oakland's offensive line did a pretty good job in pass protection overall. Pretty good job. Um, but they're not much of a running game, not much to rely on. People didn't bail the quarterbacks out either. Um, I thought Simeon played pretty well. Von Miller had a big day as usual. Um, Denver's going to be one of those teams with a new coach. Theirs wasn't fired. It's Kubi, and we'll talk about this more tomorrow, but Kubiak is, is stepping down, apparently mostly for uh, health reasons. And we know that he's had a few, and so hopefully he's okay, and this is the right move for him and his family and all those things. You would think Denver's a very prime job, uh, you know, good organization. We'll talk about that tomorrow. I'm not going to get ahead of things. But the Raiders go to Houston, and I don't know what you hang your hat on if you're that team now. I mean, the O-line had have to dominate, and I'm not sure that's in the cards. Last game to discuss. Redskins had it there for them. They win. They're in. They didn't win. Giants basically played all their guys with the exception of Odell. And it sounds like what I've seen, you know, checking out today is the Giants basically avoided injury in this game. And, you know, they, uh, <laughs> good. <laughs> I mean, they, they are, like I said earlier, they are going to Green Bay at 440 on Sunday. And it sounds like they'll be a healthy team. Odell was the only one that was seriously rested in this game. Didn't matter, uh, not enough. You know, Cousins made some mistakes, as you know, and certainly that that last interception is going to be what we hear about all offseason and with his contract up and is he the man or is he back to being the back-breaking turnover machine. Uh, let's relax a little bit. I mean, he, he averaged 12.3 yards per attempt in this game and, average, and, Eli, and Eli averaged 5.3 yards per attempt in this game. And only have one completion over 15 yards, which Redskins fans, I'm sure you remember it. That was a long one to King late in the game. And a huge difference-making aspect of this game. DRC had two interceptions. Played really well. I thought the defense was great yet again. Uh, most encouraging for the Giants for me heading into the playoffs is we're getting more and more from Paul Perkins, who I think is going to be a good player for them. I don't know that he's a foundation back, but he's going to be their lead back for now. And I think that's certainly the right move. He does more and more every week. Um, the team had 162 rushing yards in this game, which is the most of the year. Back to Washington real quick. I always say it. Their run defense is a problem. That has to be number one priority this offseason, with the exception of the Cousins situation. So this is three straight games, though. The Giants have run for at least 100 yards. So, you know, it's the right time of year for it finally be coming around. Um, I think that's encouraging. You know, I mean, there's no doubt about that. I have my doubts about the Giants. I still think they're too Odell-centric. But at least there's something going on the ground now. I still have worries about Eli. But, man, their defense is really good. It's as good as any defense in the playoffs. I, I would think they'll be able to keep everything close. And I can't see, you know, Green Bay blowing them out, even as well as Rodgers playing. But back to Cousins... You know, the, the bad interception, he was under pressure trying to make a play late. Uh, I'm curious how people 
are gonna are gonna judge him. You know, I mean, I was really down on him. I didn't think he'd be the answer coming into the season. Uh, I I saw the heavy turnover tendencies and thought that was always gonna be a problem with guy this guy. And I would say I'm wrong. But I mean, they also this is his third interception when trailing within the final two minutes of the fourth quarter this year. You know, ouch. You know that that's a worry. I mean, that's hard to get away get away with. You know, get around. But I do think you have to bring him back. Maybe you franchise him again and give yourself another year to really analyze it. But you're not going to do better. He's had a very good year. He's not the problem. I'm sure we're going to hear about this now for the next four or five months or whatever, that he ruined the season and he choked in the big game. And uh, I just don't see it that way. I, I mean, and this is a guy that I have not been behind most of, the, most of his career. And... I've come around on him, and I think he's probably going to take more heat for this situation than he properly deserves. Guys, that's a wrap. Check out the rest of the Locked On Network if you want to find out how your favorite team, you know, a little more in-depth coverage of their Week 17 action. We're not going to break any more Week 17 games down this week. Like I said, tomorrow's Coaching Carousel Tuesday Madness, and Wednesday's going to be a really fun power ranking show. Thursday might be a guest. Or, at worst, I might just break down both AFC games in extreme detail Thursday and both NFC games in extreme detail on Friday. I don't know. I'm still thinking about what to do Thursday, Friday. But Friday will certainly be some sort of game preview. Thursday might as well. I don't know. Um, So there you have it. And, And I will try to get more people from the Locked On Network on the show, some guests from outside, and things are rolling. So spread the word. Take care. Happy New Year once again. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done.